I ain't put it up yet. <sighs> Wanted to do that just to make sure we were. Colors, colors, colors. As she puts on her lipstick. <laughs> What's yeah, up, man? Know. Hello. <laughs> Access Granite is in the building. It's your boy, Mr. Antoine. It's your boy, Mr. Antoine. Nina, why are you froze? Nina. I'm here. <laughs> the hell, you froze. I said, it's your boy, Mr. Antoine. And Nina, the original party girl. You were really froze for like five, ten seconds right there. I always be freezing. I swear I'd just be watching you. Back in the building. Uh, we survived the snow. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. We, Why didn't we? Yeah, we, we didn't. We ain't been to work since Wednesday. Uh, That's good or bad for you. That's bad because that means no money. I'm an hourly employee at that job. But you have so many other jobs that you can survive at least 10 days, 10 weeks, 10 months. What else? Goals. Goals. Comfortable. I got you. Uh -huh. I um did have to go out a little bit in it today, but it was brief. I think I was out for about an hour. I just and finished I shoveling. Huh? I just yeah. finished shoveling. Hold on. Let's put that up there. How does that look? That look good? Got all kinds of new looks going on. Uh, e Digger cooked this up for me. Oh, the shouts man, out to E Digger. The man, the myth, the legend. Um, why isn't the YouTube? Now I match the background. Now you match <laughs> the background. Can you show everybody the whole background real quick? You had everybody on the she got the OPG thing going on. She has the, I saw the toilet paper earlier, which was a great view. Shut your mouth. Every <laughs> studio has a bathroom. <laughs> now we could do an exclusive. Like I could slide over and use the bathroom while we live, you know. Um, that's what we are not going to do. Kind of show um, is this. That's what we're definitely not going <laughs> to do because we want our people to remain loyal viewers and all of that kind of stuff um we got a dope show tonight man I, I hope this dude uh decides to bless us with his talent hey jackie lomax my mama in the hey, building mama. as always but what's mm -hmm. going on with you what's going on with you me no nah, not I me you oh i didn't know if he was talking to your mother or you got you you. <laughs> um you got your easy you got your easy e wife beater you know, South Central LA in the summertime with the flannel hat kind of thing going on. All right, what's good, bro? 
Me, bro? No, not you, bro. To oh. that, but I'm talking about your attire for for the evening. Um, it's hot, and it's, it's hot. and it's, it's a song that says that it's hot and it's yeah. I'm a little <laughs> warm. <laughs> I was out shoveling, and I was a little warm. Like I'm over forty, so you kind of got to be careful and pace yourself when you're doing these physical projects. So instead of me waiting for somebody to come through, I've just started doing it today. So I don't got to deal with it in the morning. Um. I have a nice climate in my house. You know, my daughter, the chef, is cooking stuff. So it's another kind of hot going on in here. So, I mean, I'm just hot. That's all that is. I got you. Shout out to And Dallas. I am still blackity, black, 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 black history month all year long. Yeah. I thought you were referring to your complexion. But, yeah, we are black history month all year. Shout out to darling Dina. Hey, Dina. With us. And my man Larry, no, this is not just a this is not a music show per se, but we do have musicians on here every now and then. And if my guests don't show up, I'm gonna just start recruiting people on Facebook to get on here and talk for. And then I'm a rap like easy. Five minutes, I'm already. Give me one easy. Give me one easy e rap. That would be the one that you remember the most. That might be the only one I know. <laughs> that one I know. Oh my gosh! No, that can't be the only one. You you are a you're not quite a hip hop hip hop historian, but you know a lot of you know a lot. Let of me history. say this: I was here when hip hop was born, so I get it on the grandfather technicality anyway. Facts, as was I. As was I. I remember the first time I heard Rapper's Delight, and it was like 147 minutes long. And I was like, I don't ever want to hear this bleepity bleep, bleep, bleep again. And sure enough, I've heard that song probably two million times in my lifetime. Two million. <laughs> it, 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 it feels like it. It feels like yes. it. I remember one day I left, um, I left work. I live. 17, 18, 19 minutes, give or take. I left my yard. I was listening to 92Q, which I never do. So that was the first problem. They put on Rapper's Delight. That song was playing as I was pulling out of my backyard. When I got to the other side of the tunnel, the song was still playing before I realized that the song was still on. And I was like, holy snap, I got to get this. I got to get this off of here. Got to get this off of here, but yeah, it's it's one of those uh one of those long term classic thingamajiggies, and uh, our guest is in the building. Oh, always like to see that, always like to see that extra face pop up in here, man. I be I be like, oh man, I'm gonna have to talk to Nina for an hour. I can't do it. That's terrible. Yes, you can. <laughs> he back there cracking up too. Hey, look, man, this guy we got coming up tonight. Nina, are you familiar with him at all? Have you ever had the chance to sit down and partake in some of his amazing comedy? And uh, as she goes off the screen, like, no. Oh, we're talking about talent? We're talking about talent. Okay, yes. I didn't really know what the show. Yes. I have seen him before, yes. You've seen him before. Yeah. So you've seen him. I started to get a Heineken specifically for this show. But I didn't have a chance to run to the store, unfortunately. So we're gonna have to go with just, you know, my my regular, yeah, my regular. Things. 
that you have. I'm gonna need you to start sipping on something during the show too. It doesn't have to be an adult beverage. It, I just need you to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but without further ado, man, we're gonna bring them up. Bring them out, bring them out. Don't take it personal. Bring them out, it's bring them out. Comedy. Yo. My yeah. man, what's going I'm over on? Here cracking up, man. I'm over here cracking up. That's not working. Because y'all don't drink what I drink. What I'm sipping on, y'all ain't gonna like it. Oh, really? How do you know? How do you know first of all, what, how you do you got, know? what you got? Prune juice on the beach? <laughs> he said prune juice on the beach. That's the only thing I ain't gonna like. <laughs> we can have a whole game show on what are things you sip on. Whoa. As he's bringing up the Julio. What's okay. the, uh, is a worm in it? No, no, that's 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 the cheap stuff. Yeah, that's the oh. let me tell you something. You want the smooth stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put y'all the first hookup I'm giving y'all of the evening is in COVID-19, this is the only thing keep you COVID free. Tequila. Get the good, clear tequila. For whatever reason, COVID can't mess with that agave. How do you know that? <laughs> because at the week uh, before we did the shutdown, right? Mm -hmm. I'm in the bar for, for a full eight days in a row. I don't know they're going to shut us down and quarantine us. I'm just in there and I'm sipping because I'm not working that week. When I'm not working, I drink tequila. When I'm working, I drink Tito's. So I'm drinking tequila straight on the rocks the whole week. It's about an average of 15 to 20 people in the bar, night by night, from Sunday to Sunday. And when COVID hit and the lockdown hit, and I'm not even playing around, everybody who have been in that bar in the course of that week got COVID from that same week. It's impossible for the hands I shook, the hugs I gave, the kisses, the close that proximity, the eating the food, everything, to not contract COVID-19. The only thing that I thought of, and I'm like, why is that possible? I don't have antibodies tonight, right? So I'm like, why is that possible? But when I thought about it, everybody in there, I'm the only dude in the bar drinking, drinking tequila. silver tequila. Drinking dark. Oh, everybody drinking the uh, vodka and cran, apple martinis, cognac, whiskey, all these things. And the now, one guy drinking tequila, nothing happened to him. Hey, he really might be on to something here. He really could be. And I'm explain let, let me explain this because you know where my wife works at, right? So where? she my, my wife works in a nursing facility. Okay. Okay, so she's around COVID patients 24/7. My wife is a tequila drinker. Mm. She's a she drinks tequila like I drink mouthwash like in the morning when I brush my teeth. She drinks tequila right. and Despite and, and I'm talking numbers that are, you know, astronomical. I, I can't really, you know, get into specifics, but she's been around it a lot, including, um, I believe, three deaths last week at her job. And she she's like, boom, she just walked in, you know, and she I'm telling so you, you might be on to something, Tyler. You, you really might be on to something. And now that's like in, in two weeks, one, two, about two, two, three weeks, it will be a full year. Well, I figured mm -hmm. this out, right? So fast forward the whole year. Had my test time and time again. Keep taking the test. So I got some judge, some works that make you take the test. It's mandatory and all that. And still, the same thing. Might be on something. 
So we're going to call Dr. Fauci tomorrow and be like, look, all of that stuff that you're talking, just tell them to drink some silver tequila. We might. They, they ain't going to keep it real. You might as well keep calling Dr. Talent. <laughs> hey, we might might be able to end this little pandemic, uh, you know, a little bit early because it's, it's getting. Have you have you been able to get out and perform much during this time? Is stuff kind of starting to open back up for you? Yes, things are things are opening up. Um, I mean, I actually got to work. Remember, we opened back up around the May time, uh, slowly but surely yeah. in New York State. And right in the cusp of the beginning of June, myself and a good friend of mine, uh, Ray DeJean in Brooklyn, we got very creative right away. And we went to doing the drive-in comedy. You know, so we started with 40, 50 cars, which is 100 plus people. And we oh. went up to 100 cars. By Labor Day, we were at 3,000 cars uh, selling wow. out the Citizens Bank Arena with Live Nation with a Labor Day comedy show in Philadelphia. So we've got creative with this outdoor thing to the point where we've done them all the way up until New Year's. Now, nice. after that, we've got a lot of places that are opening up. So when I fly out of New York, Florida is doing shows. Uh, mm -hmm. Texas is doing shows. Georgia is doing shows. So you got a lot of places, a lot of the main places anyway, that are doing shows. Even in New York, we got our stipulations, but we can work around it you know, once you get to that 50 person thing where we just got back to, you can work around that with shows. You get a place big enough, social distance, wear your mask and follow all the protocols, the temperature taken and all that stuff. You know, the, the artists are taking COVID tests and all that. So you do all the precautions and you can get things done. The hot spot right now with entertainment, believe it or not, is back is uh, Atlantic City. Hmm. Oh, I got something coming up there. I got a question because I really want to get into just, this vibe. They just Why am I in the middle? Can we make him be in the middle? I feel like I'm interviewed. Um, nah, because if we, no? we, we would have to leave and come back. We got a couple of, I was hoping that the template was going to work and I don't want to mess around mm. with that too much. If you pop out and come right back, you'll end up on that side. Right. I mean, she does it at least once a week anyway, so. <laughs> there she goes. Hey, look, man. Um, bro, first of all, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time, man. Oh, no um, problem, my brother. No problem. How's everything going? Everything is everything is, man. Um, you know, good and healthy and everything with the family. You know, we're dealing with this little snow stuff that's going on here, but you know, we're 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 Maryland and you know the DC and Virginia area and all of that. So are you happy now, Nina? So you know yeah. we're, we're Welcome, guests. Welcome, yeah. guests. So we're we're used to dealing with this. This is probably actually the most snow that we've gotten in about four years, years, five years. Yeah. Where I you at with that blue cup? Oh, this is uh I, one thing. I'm I'm the king. If you if people follow me, they know I'm the king of merchandise. So it's this comedy is my brand. Um, one of my brand. You see the cup? This is one of the uh -huh. sippy cups. This uh -huh. is on my hat. You know, I got hoodies, t-shirts, lighter, flash, masks. Listen, mask. I was going yeah, to ask, ask you how I could cop one of the hoodies, man. Definitely. Oh, yeah. You hit me up, man. I, I ship it to you and everything, bro. Okay. Everything okay. got towels, you know, everything. Man. There's so much merch in here, you lose your mind, man. If you like coffee, you drink coffee like me, got coffee mugs, everything, you know. Beer mugs, <laughs> shot glasses. 
it's, right it's, it's, it's real over here. That's right up Nina's alley. So look, man, this this is a question that I've always wanted to ask you, bro. Like, you're you have one of the to me, one of the most unique styles of comedy that I've ever seen. Right. Did you did you make a, a conscious decision when you started this that you were going to have that smooth laid back style, or are you just basically up there being you, and it's just the way that it comes off? No, that that straight was an accident. Um, uh, you curse on this show? Absolutely, man. Say what say what you want to say, bro. I was scared shitless. Um, <laughs> okay. So if you know that I'm scared, then the voice makes sense when I started, right? Yeah. Um, my first TV appearance happened to be Showtime at the Apollo. Mm. Man, that's I'm already tough. scared shitless because the reputation of the Apollo, right? Yeah. So, so I'm in there. So let's say when you say you're scared shitless means like if something goes wrong, you can booboo on yourself, right? So <laughs> I'm feeling like that already. Mm. Then I get there. Let me paint the picture for you. This year... MC Light had to hit out Roughneck. So I look at the order of the show. There's a guy, from, a friend of mine, a comedian from uh, Dallas, Texas, called Derek Ellis. So the order is Derek Ellis, MC Light do two songs, and Talent. So I talk myself into feeling a little less nervous because I say, you know what? At least I'm going to be following them feeling good about seeing MC Light. They, yeah. they should be like, a good mood because they just got to rock with her. And so I'm sitting backstage. They introduced Derek Ellis. They boo the shit out of Derek Ellis. Boo like, like the rafters. You know what I mean? And right, they pull him the- off. <laughs> right, they pull him <laughs> off. The producer goes out there with a microphone like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, you can't boo him. He's not a contestant. He's a, he's a guest. He's a guest comedian. You got to show him some respect. They get his whole spew. We're going to bring him back out, try it again. They bring him out a second time. They boo him harder. Yeah, of course. Time. So I'm like, I'm a comedian. So I'm like, they're not feeling comedy today. But I tell myself, T, relax. At least MC Light is going to make them feel good. I'm standing by the guy with the, the speaker and the headset. And he goes, okay, we're ready for MC Light. And you can hear on the walkie-talkie come back through and say, uh, we're going to need 15 more minutes. MC Light's not ready. So, <laughs> Throw the talent nigga out. I said, oh. <laughs> so now I'm being thrown to the wolves following the double boo. The double. <laughs> double boo. A boo boo. So I'm so, boo-boo. I'm so scared. My voice got this shaking. I'm like, I, I go to say, how y'all doing? I'm like, how y'all doing? Like, it's real, like, mm-hmm. laid back and soft. And they give me a little whatever. And I'm like, yo, and I do my, 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 my one line. That always get the chuckle. Once I get a chuckle, I jump in there. Yeah. And I was like, you know, don't take none of the stuff I'm about to say personal. It's just comedy. And everybody starts giggling, and then I go. And that's seven minutes, I get a standing ovation. And I leave. Now, you think that's a good thing, but I go out back, and I'm still about to shit on myself because even though a good thing happened, that's how much nerves yeah. I work up the adrenaline. So I sit on the stoop back there, for about a good hour. Like, I didn't do good. But I did great. It was my first TV tape, standing ovation at the Apollo, and that was the start of working everywhere. Nobody could deny wow. me. I always wanted to ask you that, but this is the funny thing, bro. So, like, when we have celebrity guests on, 
always get myself prepared by watching something. And I was actually uh, right before right before we came on watching your your set at the Laughaholics, the little joint. Um, I think that's in Atlanta where you stand up on the bench. But earlier today, I watched Sunset Park, which is where I re I really know you from. And this right. is the funny thing. There's a scene in the locker room where you guys, I believe, are getting ready for a game. And you talk about the girl on the subway and how you just grabbed your joint and you made her. You know what I'm talking about, bro? The funny thing is you told that story and you had a bottle of water in your hand like you were holding the Heineken. <laughs> and you told that story <laughs> the exact same way that you tell your comedy on stage. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this and I'm like. That's crazy. <laughs> the same, the same cadence. The same exact way, bro. Well, you know what happened with Sunset Park? Um, shout out to my guys from that movie because especially Fredro. Oh, Fredro man. and I were the two guys from New York in that movie. It's a true story about a high school basketball team in New York, in Brooklyn. And oh, wow. okay. we're the only two guys actually casted in the movie that are from New York. I'm from Mount Vernon. Fredro's from Queens. So when we got the script and we're going over the script, we, we keep saying to each other, that, you know, everybody else is from somewhere else, so they don't get it. But Fredro and I are like, yo, we can't say this shit, man. The, the slang is kind of old, right? Oh, in the original script. So we went to the writer and we said, hey, man, people ain't saying this shit no more. Like this shit and this shit, we sound crazy. Can we say how we saying? Like the slang we talking in New York. He said, yo, by all means, make this yeah. shit real. You know? So he York. gave us that, that lead way, that green light. So Frederick and I, as we went through all those scenes, we were spicing up, adding our stuff. So even a lot of the stuff that you see me saying that sound crazy, I, I had to, they let me imply my comedic to it. Yeah. Even the Bruce Lee story. Bruce Lee was black. <laughs> right. Uh, the girls down south buy him a chicken. You get the punani. Like, all of those stupid ass things is, is me adding to the thing. Like when we outside talk, I'm like, yo, we giving they're giving a spice ham in the lunchroom. I can't dunk off a spice ham. You know, like dumb little shit. All oh, that's improv. So that was all Adlet. Wow, that's that's amazing. And that was that was a movie, man. I looked at the cast, man, and to see to see Terrence Howard. A very young Terrence Howe with a real young DeAndre Bonds. Um, um, what's her name? Rhea Perlman. The, the Rhea coach. Perlman. Man, I was like, man, this this is like this is a heavy little cash y'all got going on here. And it turned out to be a pretty good movie, man. And I um the one thing I liked about it is unlike most sports stories, the team didn't win at the end. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't one of those glory days, you know, one of those thrill of victory. You know, moments at the end where the good guys always win. You got and 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 it kind of to me when I used to watch it back in the day. To me, you guys losing that game kind of told me that they were leaving something open for a possible part two to that movie. Was there ever any thought to possibly doing a a, a part two? I'm sure it was. Um, in Hollywood, they, they're good for that. Um, they're good for wanting to leave it open ended because they see how much money something makes. And they make a conscious decision whether, you know, we'll keep it going or not. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that was on the burner for a while. And the director, Steve Goma, went on to do some big things. Uh, the writer, Seth, Seth got busy with, like, back-to-back -back movies. Seth, shout out to Seth Rosenberg because the movie he did directly after that, he casted me in that as well because we hit it off so good. And he liked to work in Sunset Park. There was a movie called The Brother's Kiss. 
and he brought me in to work with uh, John Leguizamo, uh, Rosie Perez, yeah. uh, Nick Shinlin, uh, Michael Rappaport. It was a star-studded cast. And little old me with almost nil experience right. got to be in there. John Leguizamo is my man. I love him in all his movies. My favorite movie of his is Empire, the joint where he's like the drug kingpin, man. That, yes. that movie, he kills that movie, man. How about um, yeah. Rosie Perez? Where's she at now? Rosie Perez, she I just seen her in a uh she's in a show. Let me see what it is. I just seen her in a movie. What the hell was that she's in? I just watched her. Brand new movie just came out like maybe two months ago. Oh, um, where she plays uh what the hell is this movie? She plays something in it, but, but it was a good movie, motion picture. So she's still working. You know That's what I mean? She's still going. And I've seen a host one of those uh new uh game reality shows. Oh nice. really? Nice. Yeah, because he's behind the scenes. A lot of these people they transcend into directing, producing, and writing and stuff. Even comedians. Yeah, even okay. comedians. Like when you look at, uh, you know, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy went from mm. just being in front of the camera to being behind the camera to producing. Like even this thing here, this was Eddie's production. Uh, Coming to America too, uh, getting it all back together and casting all these comedians and stuff. Look at Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, he got shows he executive producer and host. He got Heart of the City. Uh, he got the radio channel, LOL. So that's that's the end game. The end game is obviously ownership and starting to be the proprietor. And because you got to transcend from in front of the cameras to start. You know, you, you do that, obviously, to pay bills and to learn the system. It ain't no different than stand-up comedy. If it like when I got into stand-up comedy, immediately I was interested in knowing. How do you promote this thing? How do you market this thing? How do you produce this thing? Because I want to put my own tour out there. I don't want to just be on somebody's tour and they right. pay me one thousand dollars when I can right. do the tour and make a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So just like writers, like songwriters, can make just as much money as a performer. Is it exactly. the same thing there? Exactly. Like in in music, the songwriter he gets the royalties. He got the you know what I mean? He has the rights to that stuff, you know, and he's going to make the most money. That's why you see a lot in, in rap more than anything. A lot of those groups break up because one member in the group is a producer or a writer. And and when he gets his money, it's different than the money they get. The cuts are different. So a lot of times there's internal beef, you know what I mean, with each other. So it's like, what do you do? And, and, it, and it, it ain't until they get older where they understand the business side of it and stop being mad at each other. We ain't got to talk about like that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Baltimore's own, Baltimore's own, Drew Hill. Hey, look, um, I had a chance to see you live. I can't remember, I want to say like maybe four or five years ago, you were here in Baltimore at the Comedy Factory with one of my favorite people, man, Ed Lover. My cousin. Your cousin. And I yeah. didn't realize until that day that y'all were related, man. That 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 is my dude, man. Like all the way back to Yo MTV Raps and Who's yes. the Man. That, that is my dude, man. He's a legend. He's an icon, man. He's 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 they push more music through in that generation and that era. You gotta realize that was before we had any national, much less international, any national hip hop presence. Yeah. Uh, when we first started making the videos and everything, everything was local. Like, your region had its local channel. This one had a local channel. MTV Rap was for the first 
national and international thing where your video broke on air, bro. They watching you in London, mm. the islands, Germany, Japan. You know what I mean? This MTV, it's everywhere. And he did something dope that night. He came out to the introduction and I don't think people realize how much of a legend that dude was. So the round of applause wasn't what it, wasn't what it should have been. So he basically got up there and said, look, hey, lover, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to leave off the stage. You're going to play my music and I'm going to come back again. And y'all give me it again. Let's do it. And when he came back the second time, boy, we almost blew the walls off that joint, man. I was like, yeah, hey, yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. Hey. But it was funny, man, because I didn't know up until then. And I literally, I think I literally heard the ad for that show about two days before you guys were actually here and i was like i gotta go right i didn't know ed did stand-up comedy at all man i always knew like i've seen him in his natural element just be funny and probably said yo ed need to be doing comedy but i never knew that he actually stepped up on the stage and started doing that right well he he had started what happened is here in new york ed was like one, the the king of the morning radio for a long time yeah. and what happened in New York with the comedy club, what a lot of comedy clubs would do when they want to bring in urban flavor, so to speak, they would get the hot jocks to host the night at the comedy club. So Ed took over like Wednesday, not Wednesday nights. Um, and he would host his own thing. So when he hosts the comedy night, Ed would, was constantly trying to be funny, trying jokes out, whatever the case may be, to the point where he really was like, oh, I want to do this. You know, and he had a couple of deals on the table with Comedy Central, a couple other things. So we would get booked to play those nights, uh, you know, and then when he got the deal with Comedy Central, he brought me and a couple of cats in as writers for that show. Um, it never got picked up and never aired, but he was getting these offers, which made him dive completely in. It was like, you know what? I'm taking the train wheels off. You know, I'm taking putting the guardrails down in the bowling alley and I'm just going to throw this ball and see what happened. And he stuck with it, man. And, and one day, because I was more on the road than him with comedy, one day I'm ripping and running a couple of years in a row. And by the time I come back and he called me, yo, cuz, I'm serious with this thing, man. You know, he stopped at one of the spots I was at. I was like, give me five minutes. And he went up there and did about 10 minutes. And I was like, I was like, okay, cuz, you have arrived. Mm. You have arrived. You have arrived at the family reunion, my brother. <laughs> And getting that stamp, getting that stamp from you had to be big for him. So how did how did you how did you get your overall start in in comedy? We got to take it back. I always say yeah. we got to take it back a little bit for Nina. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I, so I did have some questions along that line. I know you started with right. us at the Apollo, but. Right. Before you even got to the yeah, Apollo, yeah. how do you know you growing up to be a comedian? Is this something you chose, or what yeah. was your, your your flow, your path? Well, let me let me say this. I'm gonna say I'm gonna answer the the how did I start, and then I'm gonna ask you to give you the mind frame. I started my first time on stage. JB Smooth brought me on. JB Smooth and I grew up in the same projects in Mount Vernon. Um, JB Smooth was doing a room right on the border of Mount Vernon in the Bronx. Uh, called the Lady Eye. He was doing Sunday nights, and when he was promoting it one day, he gave me a fly. He was like, "Yo, you should try it. Come on out, whatever case may be." I thought about it for a while. Eventually, he put me up in what they call a New Jack segment for three minutes, 
And I, I had a good time. I went up. I loved it. I fell in love with it instantly. Uh, came back the very next week and went up again. They wouldn't let me go up a third time, which was a great thing because it made me venture out and find all these other spots and really get my floor. But I want to stop you. Stop. So how did JB uh, know, uh, know to even consider that you could do that? What were you doing before that? Well, how like do I you said, know? How do we know that you're funny? We grew up in the same project, so gotcha. you got to in in New York. One of the big things in the in the hood is snapping, capping, bagging, jonesing. Like when you cracking on everybody, that was our, our oh, oh cracking. Okay. So as a natural person. We knew each other. Was we knew all the funny people in town. It's a very small gotcha. town, so you knew the funny people because we snap on you. Like he didn't want to snap with me. I get to talk about his mother, it get ugly. You know what I mean? So from that alone, from from that funny capping and joking in the parking lot, is, is in the playground is how he knew that part. But to go back further, as a kid, I always knew I wanted to do comedy. But as a kid, I thought, in my heart of hearts. I didn't know it was a career where people made money. I thought right. it was a hobby. So my plan was whatever I retired from, I was going to do that as a hobby, comedy. I didn't know people made money. I didn't know it was a career. And it wasn't until Deaf Comedy Jam came and changed the game, changed the whole landscape. When Deaf Comedy Jam came and you realized people were filling out uh, tax forms and signing paperwork to be on TV and stuff like that, then and only then are you like, oh, they are they doing this for a living. You know what I mean? So when I did the Apollo, that was my first time signing a piece of paper to be on TV and uh, a tax form to receive my check for appearance fee. And what they did when you form when you join the union, SAG and AFTRA, they end up suing a lot of these production companies because they were robbing us. They were paying us to appear on TV and they were keeping the publishing money like they wrote the jokes. <clears throat> oh, so wow. they were paying you all your money. So let's say I got a TV show and I bring I bring you on, right, Juan? And I say, yo, come on and perform. And I sign, he signs his paperwork and he gets $1,500 performance fee. Okay, that's cool for performing, but when it airs on TV, where's his check for writer publishing? Where's his writer publishing? Somebody's keeping that. Somebody's not paying you that. And that's how the early 90s and 80s were. And then they had a big class action lawsuit and all those residuals started to come back. Nice. Sounds like hip hop. Now, what if somebody else writes your jokes? Well, you they would get the publishing if you filled it out. Gotcha. It would be up to you to keep it real that somebody wrote the jokes and, and, and write them up and sign them in for that publishing. You know what I mean? It goes back to what we were saying about music. The people who write the stuff, they're going to get the publishing. You know, the people, and the same thing like hip-hop, people were still in there publishing at first. It took them a lot of years to figure out there was more checks than just the advancement check and just the road money. They owe you money because you wrote all these raps. So did you used to get smacked in the mouth at the table? Like, what kind of kid were you? Were you a funny kid? Were you in class getting in trouble because you were a funny kid? Well, I'm a real black kid, so I got smacked in the mouth in a few places. Anyway, right, right. <laughs> On GP. Because it was right. Tuesday. Just because right. yeah, my mother wanted me to remind me she was black. So right. here's the thing. Um, yes, I was a funny kid. I was a class clown at times. 
I had to go to summer school a couple of times because I wanted to be the funniest dude in there. I got most of my funny off in school, you know, because school to me was the best audience. Who needed more relief? Who needed more comic relief than people that were somewhere they didn't want to be? They say the funniest places you could be is jail and school. Two places people do not want to be at work. People don't want to be at work sometimes. So the person at the job who's funny, they love that guy. Let me buy you some coffee. Let me buy you lunch. Lunch. Where are you from? New York. New York. Where you can you say where you are now? Are you still based in New York? Yeah, I'm born and raised. My money earning Mount Vernon, home of Denzel Washington, Heavy D, Albie Shaw. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. He rocks yeah. smooth. We all, you know, we all in here, man. DMX. Okay. So comedian. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. While I'm looking for this picture, go ahead. Comedians. I'm going to think Robin Williams. Comedians have a way of dealing with everyday situations in a funny way, but a lot of them have their own, what's the word? I don't know. They're not funny on the inside, or they use the funny to cope to and cope. to help other people cope. True? Well, I think that's a misconception. I think that uh, each comedian mimics in, in the mirrors each person, period. I think there's different people in all walks of life. You got sad people, happy people, uh, you know, joyful people, energy, loud people, quiet people. Comedians are just people. So you're going to run into all different kinds. You're going to run into people who have problems that they're dealing with. The, the only thing I can say to common that's close to that is no matter what we are going through, happy, sad, or mad, or glad, when it's time to go to work, we still got to go to work and make you laugh. I totally so I, get it. I've, I've been on stage making people laugh, knowing goddamn well I got a warrant out for my rent. I rode in the car driving dirty to get to that gig to get that little couple hundred bucks. <laughs> knowing that knowing that if I get pulled over, it's gonna be a couple of thousand right. to get yeah. bailed out. But it, again, we're people. Everything that you know in life to be, you can find a comic that's going through that or that's been through that or, or resembles and mirrors that because they're human. Why you like your job? I just I love I've always loved uh, my job. First of all, when I touched that stage for the first time, and I guess this goes back to being a kid having that notion that I would do it no matter what one day. You can feel a calling. I think anybody, no matter what it is we're talking about, they can feel and they're called to do something. You know, when I was growing up, we had ministers, reverends, and preachers that would tell you all the time. They was called to do it. Then as I become a grown man, I start meeting ministers and preachers that just went to school to do it. Mm. They were no longer what we call ordained, per se. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, it was just a job, a profession that was lucrative to go into. I think I look at it the way most people look at it. Once we got past the new millennium, the 90s or whatever, it's like politics. And like uh, being in the legal system, being a cop, you start off with the right intention. You know what I mean? But then when right. you cross that gate and you get through the threshold, you see how much money you can steal or make. <laughs> All right. I'm so mad. I'm mad because I got a picture of us somewhere in my Facebook journey that we took tonight at the Comedy Factory. And I was trying to pull it up, but that was so long ago, I, I can't pull it up. I want talk talk a little bit about that 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 first time on Def Comedy Jam, man, because Def Comedy Jam was right. 
Bro, I can still watch that to this day. Bernie Mac is still my favorite on there. Rest in right. peace to the legend. That I ain't scared well, of my, you. My first, time, my first time on Def Jam is the time that nobody saw. My first time is the one that never happened. I got picked to be on Def Jam the year before everybody saw me. I got picked the season before. Um, and by the time they went to you know, play the sets and who they picked, I was using too much music and my jokes. And what happened is what I realized at that time is you couldn't use music if it wasn't Def Jam music. Mm, you know what I mean? So right. they, they wasn't, Russell wasn't clearing no music. Yeah. So because he wasn't clearing no music, and my closing joke when I did the audition, it was a big, stupendous roar of a joke, but it had three clips of music in there that they wouldn't clear. So they just said, skip that guy. Let's keep it moving. Get, you know, tell him what the situation is. He'll come back next year better with a, a set without that music. And then I made it on. You know what I mean? So when I got on, it was, it was, I wish we knew in that moment in time how big it was. We knew it was big, but we had no clue how big. Did you, know? you attend, did you attend the, um? what was that, the 25-year reunion thing that they did? Oh, my gosh, man. That was amazing. Amazing. That was amazing. It was it was amazing to be a part of that and be in that room. And uh a lot of us comrades haven't seen each other in decades. <clears throat> you know, some of us see each other, but uh, like I would say 50-50, like 50% of us, like me and Steve haven't seen each other in over a decade. Uh Chappelle, uh uh Mark Curry, it was a bunch of us, man. Eddie Griffin, it was a bunch of us that we didn't see each other, you know. But then you got me and Adele, we seen each other. Me and uh, Cheryl Underwood and Melanie Camacho, we seen each other. You know what I mean? Cat Williams, How old are you? If other. I could ask. I'm 51. How old are you? 51. 5'1". 5'1". That's my height. That's my age. <laughs> she said that's not... <laughs> I'm 6'6". Six, six. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> you said 6'6"? Six, six? Yeah, he's taller than me. He told her to get okay. Yeah. okay. It's funny, it's funny because um when I saw them at the comedy factory, when he and Ed were taking pictures afterwards, he was sitting down and dude was like right here. I'm like, bro, come on, yo. <laughs> yeah, but, six, six. yeah, but on that um on that 25th anniversary of Deaf Comedy Jam, man, it was it was great to see all those people come back. And it was. Funniest part to me was a part that definitely was was all ad lib. I don't know what was going on with Dave Chappelle and uh, DL Hughley. Hilarious! <laughs> Man, I went and watched that back like five times. It was so Dude, hilarious. That was funny. And and imagine, you know, when I looked at it on film, it's funny on film. But to, if you would have seen there, you know, unedited mm. that whole thing. Was so much bigger and so broader. <laughs> than what and you just could, when I tell you, you could not stop tearing and crying. And and it was you're right. It was all real organic. Yeah. yeah. Shit happening between with him and DL, and it was messing with Joe and the audience, and talking about Joe sing something else other than pussy. <laughs> yeah. And it almost it almost it almost felt like the producers were trying to tell them to come on, or the directors was like, "Come on, we got to keep going." And they, they was, was like, "Yo, we gonna do what we thought. We we yeah, good. Man. We got this." Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was amazing. That was hilarious, man. So, um, what what else have you done, uh, movie wise? Um, since then, Sunset Park was the first one. I did a Brother's Kiss. 
I did a, a movie called uh, The G Chronicles. I did With or Without You. I did Fugazi. I did My Brother. Um, there's a couple I'm forgetting right now. Yeah, the, um, what was the one with the Brotherly white boys? Brotherly Love, huh? The, what was the one with the white boys? Uh, with the white oh. boys, white boys. Oh, White Boys in the Hood? White Boys in the Hood, yeah. That was a that was a Showtime special. We shot one full season. It was like a white, like Death Comedy Jam, okay. except with white comedians who were known for ripping urban audiences. You okay. know what I mean? Like these were special white guys who had that thing that could come into a black room or, or an urban audience and rip it, like you know, make you forget their color and just go off their funny type of thing. So that was White Boys in the Hood. And you said Brotherly Love. Is that the movie from Philly with um No, with, uh, no Brotherly Love is we shot that in the Brooklyn joint. The Brooklyn, okay, okay, the Brooklyn. Yeah, Attica Torrance uh was the producer, writer, and director of that. He's oh, a he's a Brooklyn man. As a matter of fact, he has a now he got these books, you know, his book, Brooklyn Bread. Okay. So Brooklyn Bread, um, a nineties Brooklyn a very good book. But this is like his third adaptation. He's, a, he's an author, he's a director, brother's dope. And he, uh, that was his movie, his baby that we worked, we played brothers. We were the two lead characters. So, you know, between that, Brotherly Love, My Brother, Brother's Kiss, um, them was three movies right there. With or Without You was dope. That's with uh, Cinder Williams and um, a bunch of people in there, JB Schools in there and all that stuff. So, that's a movie I tell people all the time. You got to see with or without. Yeah, we just, yeah. we just we just had Cinder on. What was that like two weeks ago, Nina? We just had had her on like two weeks ago, and and continue prayers to her and her family as she's dealing with the situation with her mom. Man, definitely. Oh um, man. Yeah. Um. Who, go ahead, Nina. Who are you? I know you're a comedian. I hear you're an actor. You got any more commas? Oh yeah. I actually thought his real radio name was personality. Uh radio personality. Yeah. You know, I do that. Uh producer, director. Uh now, you know, I got all these podcasts that I do. So, you know, I'm a podcaster as well. You know, but stand-up comedians in the forefront. You know what I mean? I put that in the forefront. My son, 28 years old, in his third year stand-up comedy. Mm. His third year. Oh, so how many years, years do you have? This year, July makes 30 years. Oh, congratulations. Salute, Black Thank you very much. Wow, 30 years. Congratulations on that. Hey, let me, let me ask you this, man. We, I'm a, This might be a little touchy subject because I don't know how well you know this person. But um, we're uh, Nina and I are coming at you live from Baltimore. And um, Monique is our hometown hero when it comes to the whole comedy thing. Um, we have oh, some other here. We have some others here, Ricky Shackleford, Howard G, and everything. But Monique is Larry like the, the pathfinder. Yeah, Larry Lancaster. Mm -hmm. um, what did you think about the whole situation that she went through? Um, kind of feeling like she was being blackballed. Um, the whole she couldn't get a you know she couldn't get a special on Netflix and everything. How did how, if anything? How did you feel about that? Well, I mean, first of all, me and Monique are like this. Like we we did the Dev Jam tour together. We brother and sister. And, you know, to keep it 100, I thought that, you know, she she overshot it. It wasn't that she couldn't get a special on. She wanted to be paid more. Um, and, 
and it's okay for people to want their worth and want to get paid more. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But I think she overshot it and was wrong in the case of she started throwing a bunch of people under the bus. Nice. Um, yeah, she made it. She made it. You know, a, a, yeah. a gender thing. She made it a race thing, and she was throwing her fellow comics and colleagues under the bus in the midst of her trying to get paid. I didn't agree with that, right? And then more importantly, I didn't agree with her. Her reasoning was that she had won an Oscar. Now, some people agree with her, some people don't. I happen to be a person that think that one thing ain't got nothing to do with the other. Mm. You know what I mean? I could be a, the number one porn star. I can't charge you for that when I do my special. I can't say to Netflix, yo, man, y'all need to pay me more. Look at look at the shit I'm banging on these pornos. Nobody's song is bigger than my shit in these pornos. <laughs> Netflix gonna say to me, we ain't got nothing to do with you. What's that got to do with us, right? Hey, we ain't got nothing to do with one hour on stage. So I thought that's apples and oranges. You know, if you're going for an acting gig, by all means, throw your fucking Oscar in their face and get paid. But when you're going to do comedy, that ain't got nothing to do with what we want to pay you for. Right. You know what I mean? And when they gave her the reasoning, it it was real. When they said, listen, we go off of, and they did, they handled it like a promoter. A promoter's going to pay you by what he think that the asses in the seats you can bring. Mm. Meaning, why would I pay you $10,000 if you can't bring in $10,000? Mm. If I'm going to pay you ten, that means I'm thinking you're going to bring in twenty, thirty. It makes yeah. sense for both of us now. Yeah. So if I put the ten down on the venue, give you your ten, and I made ten out of that thirty, everybody's happy. Money. Yeah. But you can't want ten and bring in eight. That's a great point. And, That's and she feels like Baltimore in her presentation. She feels like black women in Baltimore to me. Um. So I commend her for standing up or opening up a conversation that I feel like it should be had across the board. Um, I think because she is a black woman, sometimes it could be perceived as an angry black woman. So sometimes people see that first before they can get to the rest of the point. Um, well, you got to be careful not to be angry. That's the whole right. thing. And I feel like her tone. Angry black woman right there. See, if you the hear thing. her, she's saying. Yeah, but I optics are everything. Perception is everything. Right. You can't get on stage and ran out and you you, you, you call this one a faggot, this one's a faggot, this one's sucking, this one's dead. Again, now we're getting into things that don't have nothing to do with this thing. If I'm going to have a debate with you over anything. We have to stay in the realms of that thing. The minute you jump out or I jump out of that realm, it becomes it becomes a different thing. Like there was a time back in the day when we were working on an HBO special called Snaps, Tracy Morgan and myself got into it, right? And Tracy Morgan and I got into it in the studio because we're in there snapping, trying to come up with snaps, your mother this, da, 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 like we normally do. Because he was losing, he felt to go personal, you know, and, and, and stab me with something he knew that I was going to, you know, get passionate about, which was my kids. Oh, you know, everybody knew I hadn't seen the kids in a while, been on the road. You don't care about your kids. You just said, fuck your kids, all of that. So now we done went somewhere we wasn't even at. Right. And that's my point with Monique. I'm not saying that it's nothing wrong about what she was trying to do. She took the wrong route in going about it. So here I we don't are. think people have people for that. 
I feel like because it's yeah. her, I feel like she could have had a, another team of people in her negotiations, like a more business template. Sometimes you have to take yourself out Good because point. people already have preconceptions of who you are and let them people sit at a table and work it out for you. That's a great point. That's per you're absolutely right right there. And and that's one of her problems in the in the recent uh years is Monique's a very emotional animal. Um and here's the thing. The guys that she dealt with, the last two husbands or whatever, it seems like they're talking more through her than she's actually mm -hmm. talking herself. I'm talking when I tell you I know Mo me and Monique when we first went on the road, we had always got a join in rules. And always left that middle adjoining door open because Monique was, was homesick of Baltimore. She loved her Baltimore. You remember, she had the comedy club and everything. Yep. You know what I mean? Monique loved Baltimore. She she wore that shit on her sleeve, eat, sleep, and drink, be more. Be more can never deny Monique because she was what Heavy D is to my little town. What, what Mount Vernon is, Heavy D is to Mount Vernon. Because Denzel's a bigger star than Heavy D, but he didn't wear Mount Vernon on his sleeve, had right. it. So when you talk to anybody of any stature or any know-how that's a grown person in Mount Vernon, they're going to say, he's our, our born son. Our first son is Heavy D. You know, the great, late, great Heavy D is our first son. Oh, what about Denzel? He's this big star. Yeah, we love it. We respect him. We claim him. But have have got the crown. Yeah. And now That's why I don't know that. He's from there because he didn't yeah, claim him like but, that. But see, to her, to her credit, I understand what she was trying to get across. By all means... There is never nothing wrong with somebody trying to get the best for them. Nothing wrong with that. All I'm saying is sometimes we can go the wrong way and go about it wrong trying to get it. And by no means do I ever, I say this about dudes when it comes to chicks. You know, if you want a chick that I got or, or a chick that wants me, don't use me to get her. Go get on your own merit. Don't go over there and go, oh, you, you fucking with talent? You know you fucking mad, bitches. Why would you do that? Right. <laughs> Right. That's yeah, right. I mean. <laughs> you mean to tell me you had to go snitch how many bitches I got so you could get her mad at me so you can get it? You shouldn't even want that pussy, you, you son of a bitch. Yeah. No, I don't want no scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> so, just, if you I were a singer and you were here with us, we would say, is it possible for you to drop a line? Because you're a comedian, is it possible for you to Drop a story, a funny story. Oh, Lord. Or something stand-up-ish. We might be here all night with that. <laughs> I'm, sure he got, I'm sure he got stories up the wazoo, man. We might be here all night. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. One, a story that stands out, and and it was, it was a shocking moment for me. I was playing Miami. Shout out to Marvin Dixon, comedian in Miami. He had this three-night run in Miami that was the best run in the country in the late 90s. So I'm in Miami doing my three nights. Now, what they didn't tell you was, because the strip clubs were closed on Sunday, all the strippers come to the comedy show on Sunday. So you're there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So Sunday is their off night or whatever. But you think they dress up, they doll up. So you're just thinking it's regular Miami women. And I had this opening line that I used to say. I used to say, you know, the problem with black people is we don't have enough unity. And I'd be like, can we have unity tonight? And people come, yeah, yeah. They always get applause. Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, cool. Ladies, pull your titties out. And <laughs> the room would usually bust in a fucking laughter, right? But this night, 
the first five tables pulled their titties out all together at the same time in unison. Dude, flabbergasted. Like, I didn't know what was going on. I had did this joke a hundred times, and the hundred and one time I do it in Miami, and everybody go boom. And I'm like, yo, you know me. I'm, I'm, you know, some people go crazy over crack cocaine. Areolas is my crack, right? So I'm like, yo, areolas. And shit comes up, boom. I, I think I was stuttering during every joke that 45 minutes. Because <laughs> I'm like, what, what the fuck just happened? And I was just messed up the whole night. And, you know, I, I talked to Matthew. And he's like, hey, man, you seem a little, you know, disheveled. That ain't you, man. You usually boom, boom, boom. He's like, well, don't worry. The strippers go back to work tomorrow. You'll be fine. I said, the strippers? I, saw, I wish I knew they were strippers. I could have dealt with that. I'm, I'm thinking these are damn church ladies. I feel like I violated the Baptist community. Yeah. I actually saw something live like that um, with Snoop. Um, when they were on the Up and Smoke tour back in the day with him and Dr. Dre and Eminem, man, Snoop told him to pull him out. And I was on like the fourth row at this time. And I turned around, bro. And it was just like five rows of nothing but breasts. And I was like, okay, let me turn back around and focus on <laughs> focus on the show before I told you that crazy. And then, turn around. and then here's another story. I was in Arizona and they have this, uh, the celebrity theater is one of those theaters in the round with the, the circle stage that spins yeah. while the show going on. And, you know, there was a comic who was uh, showing pictures of some girl's chest, you know, her titties and shit. So all us comics are downstairs in the dressing room, like, oh, oh, nice. He was like, yeah, she here now with her husband. And I was like, what? She was like, yeah, you don't want to see the titties in person? Everybody's like, yeah, why not? He goes, peeks through the curtain, a couple of those. She tells her, excuse me, to the husband, I'm going to the bathroom. Comes down there, and he just make her whip her titties out, and he's playing with the titties and sucking the titties. Right down in the green room are the husbands sitting up there. Do you know? I will never get married because of that. What? Hey, now, bro. You could have said I will pick the right wife. You could have said that. Now you just nope. not get married because nope. of that. Nope, never. If that never. shit can happen, I, I wish I would. Do you have any openings? Situation. Do you have any openings available on your road crew, man? I know a couple of dudes that might want to come slide through. <laughs> I know a I'm a so I can't do it. But well, first, first of all, the titty. The, the titty tour is over, brother. <laughs> these are these are old stories. The titty tours, the titty tour is over. You know what I mean? We're doing a two year. Now we're in a two year ass tour. You know? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> the titty tour right, is over. Blackston. So look, um, so look, um, the Dave Chappelle situation. It looks like he finally got his money from. Was it Showtime's? Um, HBO, HBO, no, Comedy what? Central, Comedy Central. He finally got his money from Comedy Central. Um, I looked up to him so much back in the day when he walked away from that, mm -hmm. because you know when you when you have that money sitting on the table, and he he walked away from a lot of money sitting on the table. It's hard sometimes to say, okay, I gotta I gotta sacrifice the money in the small frame to look at the bigger picture, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And he knew because of the, the work that he put into the Dave Chappelle show, what his real value should have been. And Comedy Central was apparently wasn't trying to give him that value. Um, 
Would you have done the same thing in a, in a situation? Would you no, I, I don't, that wasn't really a big thing for Dave. Um, for for average guy like everybody else, probably is big. Yeah. But for Dave, Dave is what I call there's artists and then there's artist artists. Mm. Dave is like the Jimi Hendrix of comedy. He's he's an artist artist. So he is his artistry and his creative control is everything to him. Where to some of us, you know, we want the good contracts, the lucrative contracts, just to be in a good position, whatever. So we probably would have compromised in that situation or either gave in. Dave, what happened with that is not that he walked away because they couldn't agree on money. His people's eyes got big. When you see $50 million on the table, you almost can't believe it. Um, yeah. And the people who was in charge of signing what he wanted them to sign, they got greedy. And they knew how important creative yeah. control was to Dave, and they still signed it away. They signed a contract that he didn't have ultimate creative control. And Dave would have took creative control over 50 million all day. But when it came to a head where they were having issues of, we want you to do this, it, he's like, no, I'll do that later. No, you're going to do it now. And they started doing that tug of war power and they whipped the, the contract out like, we run shit. Blew his mind because he really thought in his heart of hearts in his contract that he had power. And when they pulled the contract and went line by line, he realized his people signed that power yeah, away. Right, so he right. walked away from whatever remainder was owed. Now, I don't even agree with how he went about getting it back or whatever, but I'm happy for him. I'm happy mm -hmm. he got it back either way. You know, I, I thought that my thing is when you sign a contract, I'm all about because I'm on both sides of that gate sometimes. Sometimes I'm the guy booking a comic and sometimes I'm the comic being booked. So I want fairness down the middle. And I know that. When you sign a deal, you, I don't want people coming back in the ninth and then changing the deal. That's why we worked out the deal. Nick Cannon's doing the same thing. You know, he went after them. Oh, they stole my own. They didn't steal anything. You signed a certain deal. You was all good. It's like any other relationship. When people break up, here come the bullshit. Yeah, I agree. Shout out to my man, DJ Miles, checking in. He's just put on Facebook. It's just comedy. I'm telling wow. you, man, that's like the, bro, that's like the, <laughs> that's like one of the dopest taglines in, in, in comedy, man. And um, I, I, I felt myself at, at one point in life, man, just telling people like, yo, just calm down. It's just life. Just calm. <laughs> it's just life. It's not that bro, serious, bro. And I got it's that from you. Saying that it's, 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 just, it's a movement. When I tell y'all it's a movement, and the merch is serious. Let me, let me uh -oh. get a little bit of merch, you Where you going, Nina? It's exclusive. Here about the merch. Look, look at Party Girl. He done got up and left. Okay. <laughs> so look at that. Wow. That's the Godfather George. Oh, the Godfather shirt. Wow. I have a comedy club in New York and Buffalo and Rochester upstate. So this is the comedy club logo on the hoodies right oh. here. You got this kind of stuff here. You know I what I mean? See the burgundy one. Oh, let me see here. Let me hook you up. Let me hook you up. Oh. This is like the light hoodie right That's here. Cool. Gotta match that perfectly. See right for there. Those for those of y'all, just one burgundy one. And then you got the burgundy one that has the, the face and the comedy brick wall on it. You for those of y'all just tuning in, we're going through the merch room of my man Talent. Yeah, so you got a lot of different merch. So this is that Godfather look again. You know what I mean? The only difference with this is it's got color, that beige color, like that khaki color. 
and stuff like that. So you got the mask, you got the different masks. You got the red and black hats like this with the Run DMC type of thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's with the, the logo right there. Yeah, I mean, uh huh. It's like a little eye test. <laughs> it does look like an eye test. Uh -huh. so, so you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So you got the, yeah, I mean. the beer mugs right there. It's just comedy. So you got the beer mugs right there. You know, I got the drink glasses, I got the shot glasses. I got the, the thermos cups and all that stuff, you know. So it's a movement, man. The merch is crazy. You know what I mean? Is, this, is all of this stuff available online? Yes. You know, right now I've been selling it, everything online on my social media because all my all my platforms are rocking with my podcast shows. So okay. people are tuning in seven days a week. So we're constantly like, you go on my IG, a ton of full pictures of everything from the hoodies to the cups, to the mugs, to the thermoses, to the DVDs, the CDs, the hats. What do you have on? Right here? What do you have on right now in the hood? Oh, this is these are promoters, the Elliott Brothers in West Coast. Okay. Because when I leave you, I got another thing I got to shoot for them. So I just threw this on early. You know, this is their thing. Like, if I threw one of my, what I got around? I always got some merch somewhere around. You know, I got the hoodies. Where's the hat at? So I got the winter hats, right? This is a winner hat. It's, a, it's just comedy winner hat right here. Skull. I like winner hats. Scully. Yeah, I like that though. I like the design. Yeah, you know, we do the scullies down here. We got yeah. the scullies. We got everything, man. The club joints. So we got to keep it moving because you know this is my my 30th anniversary is this July, and then the following year the brand turns 30 because the brand me a year into comedy. That's how the brand got known. That's how I got on television and people started to know the brand. So the brand turns 30 next year. This year, July, I turned 30 in comedy. I need you to get a deal. I need you to get a deal with Heineken, bro, because I swear. Already did. You got my man. I, I signed Heineken. That was the first people I signed with. Okay. I signed, let me tell you how long I've been doing business with Heineken. MySpace was out. I love my space. That I was did. the first social media thing that did the advertising on it. So they would pay me to run my page and have the Heineken advertising and stuff like that and to hold it on stage and post all those pictures and stuff. That was the very beginning. That's what's up. Well, I, don't think next I, don't I, I got a couple of tequila companies on deck. I don't think I'm playing about this COVID thing. Nah, we. They, they hearing me promote that so i'm talking to three three tequila brands right now there's a matter of fact it's one out by you a black woman first black owned in dc mm -hmm. i saw that yeah so i'm talking i'm gonna be talking to her this coming week so covid happened and you had to focus a lot of your attention on your things that you can do digitally world mm. opens back up will you be more lucrative because you sealed this process down while we were in timeout? Or what changes? Yeah. Do you have to go back to stand up at all? Well, I mean, I, I'm never going to leave stand up. Okay. Um, Thank you. Stand up, you never leave stand up because stand up is the one job you can literally do until you're dead. Everybody can't say that about their work. You know, some people have to at some point stop. And stand up, you don't. Whether you're dead, you would have to lose your voice or, you know, something detrimental would have to happen to shut you down. That's the bread and butter. You never let that go. It's like an artist. You know, they make their real money. After they drop a record, they make their real money touring, concerts. 
That's the same thing for a comic. We get a weekend at the Improv, a weekend at the Funny Bone, a weekend at the Helium Comedy Club. You you do those, it's 52 weeks in a year. So I'm making 10 grand on a weekend at the comedy club, and it's 52 weeks in a year. You tell me what's up. You locked and loaded. And it's no age cut off with comedy. You can be as old as you want. Right. Good thing, good thing. I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm really not, proud of you. I like not, when we're successful. That's not Thank like you. it's not like hip hop where as soon as you turn 40, you're supposed to be on a downward spiral and they don't want to rock with you no more. And you know, not but realizing see, is, but they 40? should transform. Remember what we was talking about, we just talked about earlier. Knowing that if you go into something knowing that the problem with music is people, the artists can never see the demise. That's the problem. The reality and what they see are two different things, like looking through a broken prism. But if you smart in business, any business, I don't care what it is you do. There should be some sort of transformation from level to level. So in acting, what do we say? This guy was in the front of the camera. Fast forward 30 years, when you look at certain movies, it's now directed by Adam Sandler. Mm. It's now produced by Adam Sandler. It's now directed and produced by Morgan Freeman. You know what I mean? When you looked at Bur before Bernie Mac passed, Bernie Mac name was in production mm. and direction. He was he had his he had rights to his own show at that time. When he started, he was just acting. By the last season of the Bernie Mac show, he was producing it, he was directing it, he was writing it. So when you do your motivational speaking, who is your audience? Like, do you get a chance to talk to teenagers or a room full of wannabe comedians? Is it a such thing as a room full of wannabe? Comedian. Yeah, absolutely. If you go on right now, the thing is the hot thing uh, now is the clubhouse. Clubhouse. Uh, so in the clubhouse, all those young cats that you be mentioning that want to learn and want to know the history and all that stuff, they stay in those rooms talking to because anybody stops through Chris Spencer, Kevin Hart, you know, Kyle Grooms, like Tony Woods, all these comedians pop through there and start these conversations and they learn so many jewels get dropped you know, by hanging out in those clubhouse rooms, stuff like that. Then you got people who call you out to do motivation speaking. You know, you, you might be talking to a, a high school full of kids, you know, one day. You might be talking to, uh, you know, uh, recovering addicts one day. You might be talking to paraplegics. You know, there is no limit to what people call you to do. You know, I just talked, uh, what was it, last month, My Brother's Keeper. It's an organization here in New York that Obama started. Uh, My Brother's Keeper, you know, they, they got mentorships where they bring in all these kids up in these rough inner city communities and keeping them on the right track and directing them through, you know, through college instead of the prison pipeline. So you got to speak to all these types of people. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you tell them? I tell them, shut the fuck up. Sit okay. down. Check. And stay the fuck out of here. <laughs> Give me that crack. Let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when you tell them, you tell them the truth. Um, the good thing about people like myself talking to troubled youth or people with the potential of going the wrong direction is that we're coming from a real place. I'm coming from a place that my family did that. I'm coming from a place where we've lost people to the streets. I'm coming from a place where our closest siblings and aunts and uncles did 10, 20, 30, and 40-year bits. So when you're talking to people who can give you that perspective in real, not hypothetical, 
but reality-based. You know, hypothetical, we can play that game all day. But when you sit down with somebody that's really done it, you know, I, I was on a, a Zoom uh, show the other night where they had this brother on the West Coast who now is the owner of five separate businesses, including Popeye's Chicken and seafood restaurants and all that. This brother did 30 years. This brother did 30 years for doing for three strikes and, and doing, you know, crime with the gangs and all that shit growing up. He's, this, this man's in his 50s, 50s or 60s. And now he's an entrepreneur that what and what does he do as his give back to society? He goes back into the jails to talk to these people on a regular basis. Because if they see him and know he just did 30 years and now he's he's like the my pillow guy out here selling mm -hmm. shit and got you know proprietorship everywhere, they're looking at him like, yo, keep my fucking head clean and get out of here and change my life back. Yeah. Sounds like sounds like the dude uh Sharice here in Baltimore, Nina, that was in jail and he used to cook in the kitchen and learned how to make that special sauce. And when he got out, he started he opened up a couple of restaurants with some chicken and rice with that special sauce. And now he got like three three restaurants and two food trucks around here, man. Just, and just you know sold I mean? them to the Mexican people. Did he? Ooh. Some of them ain't him no more. You can Ooh. tell. Didn't you know can that. Tell. So who are you happy that you get to be like, uh, in your face? Who told you you ain't shit? You ain't never going to be shit. You play too much. You don't take life seriously. And what? You going to be in jail. Who was that teacher telling you you were never going to amount to nothing? Because it might not have been a teacher. Yeah, I was about to say, it wasn't none of the teachers. I think for me, it was, you know, what's crazy is I didn't get that as a kid. Good. I got that as an adult, start making his way. So when I hit, I want to say, I moved out of my mom's house in the 10th grade. I was in the middle of a school year, 10th grade, right? So I got a little job, enough to, to rent a room, to stay in and finish school and everything. But it was, it was the people who see me, every little accolade, every little progression, you know, that, that group of people my age was like, man, you ain't doing shit, blah, blah, blah. You're going to be back here doing this or whatever. And the same thing with comedy. Got into comedy, man, you ain't shit. Blah, 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 you're going to do it. And then people see you on the movie screen. Oh, you ain't shit. But each time you get another accolade and a notch on the belt, those numbers start to dwindle a little bit. Because some people that doubt you, when you get another notch, start to fall off the doubt and now want to be a bandwagon rider. Mm. You know what I mean? So oh, let's yeah. say you start uh, uh, at the age of 21 with a 1,000 haters. As you go along... That that number of a thousand, that group, that cluster will start to dwindle off. Problem is, over here you got another cluster forming. Right. So For each it's, level. it's always there. It's 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 always there. It's the scale. Yeah, the scale don't the scale don't stop. So as you as you get rid of some haters, you're gonna be gaining haters. So it stays it stays the same. You gotta put the blinders on like a horse. There's a reason they put these shits on the horse. So they don't see shit going on left and right. They just see the eyes on the prize. We see eyelashes. That's what I got, I, I got 17 people that started hating on me when I, when I shared the flyer that you were going to be on tonight, bro. They were like, why he get to get caught? Wow. Yeah. See? <laughs> so that's how it is. That's how it is. Bro, it that's is. why, like, it, my thing is, it's, it's hard sometimes. We know the circles we move in. And once we learn the circles we move in and we know them, we have to move accordingly. That's what goes back to us talking about Monique and Chappelle. We got to move better. We got to know how to move. We know the circles. Once we know them, 
We know how to navigate through them. It's like a quarterback looking over his lineman. He mm. see the fucking blitz coming. Mm. Hey, man, and say, fuck that. Omaha, Omaha. Omaha. Who are these people we speak you know, about? You know, he admitted that the Omaha, the only thing Omaha means is that I'm about to snap the ball. Well, we thought that it was some intricate, and all Omaha meant was snap the ball. Funny. Yeah. We have some people on our Facebook Live that's inquiring about how they can get sweatshirts and other merchandise. Everything. Okay, well, Radio podcast very, info, too. It's very uh, simple, people. Uh, my email is my name, talent at it's just comedy. So it's simple. It's my name and my slogan, talent at it's just comedy.com. On the email, you can, I could, you know, if you need me to on email, shoot you some pictures of merch, I could do that. Or you can uh, hit me in the inbox on my Instagram which is Talent the Comedian, all one word, Talent DA, like the comedian, Talent the Comedian, one word on Instagram. So you can do an inbox there, and it's just comedy on Twitter. My Facebook is King Talent, uh, but email, best way, talent at itsjustcomedy.com, and I'll send you the merch and show you what we got. Tell me about your podcast information. How do we find you there? Well, I've got a bunch of shows, and what I do is this. Let me show you. I like the show and tell. Hold on a second. Show and tell. So I'm about to show you right here. See this setup? Okay. So this setup here is I'm on seven platforms at the same time. Whenever I go live, which is every day. I'll be like you when we grow up. I got the Instagram going, the Twitter going, and five Facebooks at the same time. And this, let me give you the rundown of what I do. I start off with Monday, Motivation Monday. Motivation Monday I do 11 a.m., get people riled up, give you something good to think about, you know, deliver that spirit like this so people start their week. You know what I mean? Um, and then at 1 o'clock, Monday through Friday, I do a sports show called The Box Seats. You can see it on Human Mill. You download that. Or you can see it on all my platforms at 1 to 2 p.m., Monday through Friday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 10.30 a.m., I do a show called Divided States of America. And it's more of a political news-based show where I'm slapping shit on the wall, news stories that happen, that people, because our people are on a different time zone when it comes to watching the news. You know what I mean? <laughs> a, a lot of people are not news buffs. They got so pissed off with the news. they wanted, So I give it to them the best way we can understand it and know if we want to know about it or not, right? Uh, that's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 10.30 a.m. Is that right. a serious conversation that you're yeah. having? Okay. Yes. Um, Friday. I do race debaters at 6 p.m. Friday at 6 p.m. The race debater show is me and a guy named Amir Silly. He's the brother from the late great NBA player uh, Malik Silly's brother. Right. So me and Amir, we get on and we throw things, you know, top race topics, you know, different race topics. Like we talked about this past week, black privilege. You know what I mean? People act like it don't exist. Oh, privilege is, is there's no monopoly on privilege. You can act privileged and be Chinese, no matter. So we talked about that. We dealt with that. Saturday, Friday and Saturday nights, I play music on all my platforms. And it's called the Bump and Grind Cafe. All that good slow jam music that we used to play in the parties and all that. I do that for a couple of hours, Friday and Saturday night. And then finally- How are you doing that? Are you sitting like with your laptop picking um, yep. songs or you? what are you doing? Right here. Okay. You, know, you know me, boom. Gotcha. <laughs> and everything. Okay. So it don't play. I got the, the speaker right there. 
the speaker right there. You know what I mean? Like, I got the whole setup in here. So one stop shop and just keep it moving. You know what I mean? Okay. And then last but not least, Sunday at one thirty, as a comedian out of the West Coast. Well, he's from Philly, but he lives in L.A. Uh, Italian comedian named Rocco. Uh, we do soundtracks and Sunday stories. So we pick a soundtrack of a classic movie and we'll break the soundtrack down in the middle of us telling war stories like sort of what we were doing on here. Mm. You do a lot. That's a that's a whole week's worth of. And you'd be mad if we do two shows in a week. That brother on here every day. Now keep in mind, that's in the middle. two shows a week. Keep in mind, that's in the middle of raising these five pit bulls. I thought you skipped right say five kids. Oh, oh no, no, six kids. For real. <laughs> For real. Okay. I thought he was too. I thought three he was. Three boys, three girls. But I'm not you're kind of done raising them. It's one one left they gotta get through school. Everybody is in college are gone. Wow. Gotcha. That's what's up. That sounds a lot. Right, so, so before we let you get out of here, man, um, I need one biggie impression because you kills it. Give me one big impression, bro. Come on. Bull bow, nigga. Oh, bad boy. It's like my nigga Puff said, more money, more problems. It was all a dream. You... The back of the club, sipping my wetters when you find me. Back of oh, the no. club, back in holes, my cool's behind me. Bad question to ask, kid, blood, pap. Oh. Oh. Slow down, son. You're killing them. You're killing them. Look, I got my hair cut last week, and the guy that was oh cutting my, my hair behind me, he sounded like that. I'm like, oh my man, God. is he all right? <laughs> well, you got that, he got that nasal, that that whole biggie nasal oh, thing. I know <laughs> people like that. That's like that. Oh, yeah, in I real know life. a few of them. And yeah. he starts he starts his show off on the video that I was watching earlier like that. That's why I told him to do it because he killed that. I like to pay homage to B.I., you know what I mean? Because yeah. um, Biggie was, you know, he grew on me over the years. Like, you know, he just got better and better in a mm. short period of time. So I like to pay homage to him. You know, that's my way. You know what I mean? Yeah, appreciate that. So what do you have on deck for 2021, man? Man, 2021, man, we're waiting for everything to open back up. Get out here. I got to shoot two documentaries this year and hopefully, with the grace of God, finally get to work on its first book. I got five or six books I want to do, um, mm -hmm. but I want to get to work on the first one. Thank God for the pandemic because the podcast stuff was scheduled to just be starting right now. So I'm, I'm coming up on a whole year of it because it pushed that to the forefront. You want everything right. shut down. So now I got these two documentaries. It's just comedy documentary. And I got, you know, get your black card revoked documentary that I want to get going. We're going to, we're scheduled already to shoot that in July and August. It's well, haven't out. you done? Uh, oh, well, um, have sex with a blind to. girl. Have mm -hmm. sex with a blind girl. I haven't, I haven't oh. made love, I haven't made love to a blind girl yet. She wouldn't see it coming, bro. <laughs> 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 hey, 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 talent, hey, talent. Hey, bro, you can have that one for free, bro. <laughs> you got it one for free. 
What made it so funny is she put the thing over her eyes. And I said what I said, and you said she wouldn't see it coming. <laughs> you can have that one for free, bro. We won't even charge you. I don't want no residuals. I don't want nothing. You can you yeah. have that. You will never be my funny. agent. <laughs> there you go, making a bad deal up front. I'm going to find hey. out 10 years from now that was effed up. You're fired. It was my line. All you did was lower your hat down. He knew what I meant. <laughs> Hilarious. Hey, tell him what happens when he comes to Baltimore. Go ahead and tell him. Uh, oh, yeah. So next time you What's come to What's your favorite food? Yeah, yeah. That's seafood. a good question. We can start there. What is he it? Seafood, baby. Seafood. I need some crab legs, some snow crab legs, some scallops. You know what I mean? Seafood all day. That's him. All day. We got something for you. Yeah, he can come to my house. Company card. He can come to my house. My wife makes a mean crab oil, man. You can come here and get the the crab and the shrimp and the corn and the sausage and all of that. Just he didn't say none of that. But he look at his face. He likes all of that. (laughs) I mean, you know, anything you got the seafood, you got me, bro. No, no bird, no meat. Seafood. Okay. We got you, Phil. Like yeah, for real, yeah. if you're in the area, when yeah, the world yeah. opens back up, you back on tour. I please can't reach wait. out to us so we can spoil you for yeah, a day. We got a we got, a, we got a couple little spots. We got a couple little spots. We can, you know, we have to put yes, you on a budget. Your budget gonna have to be like fifty, sixty dollars, man. We no, it's not. We no, it's not making talent money, so you know we gotta put them on a budget. Unless Nina paying for it all. It don't matter. I got no. it like that. I'm speaking that lucrative. Um, profitability and prosperity okay, into my life, I will be able to afford anything he wants to eat. Absolutely, but no, nah, but definitely, man. Um, if you have in the area, man, because you know this is the seafood capital, like Baltimore, oh, Maryland. Yes, I do know. You know, know. I don't eat seafood outside of the state anymore because I've had some. This is real shrimp. No, this is processed. You know, this is a chicken that you exactly. pull the meat out of, and you know. So no, we don't. We don't do that. But yeah, seafood, man. We you know we got that on lock. So the next time you come through, we we promise you, we give us our word. As long as you reach out and let us know, you know, two weeks, me- the amount of a paycheck, two weeks notice. Yeah. Give we us got a chance, you know, give us a chance to get the EBT cards right and all of that. And we, um, okay. and we I got a quick one for him. Who are you looking at as an up and coming comedian? Who should we keep our eyes on? Nina, the original uh, party girl. First of all, first of all, my son, he's 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 way better than I was at three years. Wow. Um, and this young kid he rolls with name is Julio Diaz. Those What's your son's two, name? Talent. His real name Check is Talent. My, my middle name is Talent. His first name is Talent. Is he performing under Talent? Yeah, young Talent. Okay. He got to. He ain't got no choice. I gave it to him. Yeah, right. Okay. Daddy I said so. another name. After I put that shit on the birth certificate, I'll kill him. So, no, he's he's him and his boy Julio Diaz are rocking and knocking down doors. Um, I I travel. My opening act is a guy named Aldo Laugh. He's phenomenal. Um, you I've know, Sean Harvey. Yeah, Aldo and Sean Harvey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's dope. You guys, you Did guys. You you guys got to come hang out in Atlantic City, man. April Fool's Week, and we got something going. Didn't you just tell us that's the hottest COVID spot? Did you just tell us that? 
No, no, no. no when I say no. hottest, I mean place that we're running that's to to do the thing. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, that's the hot spot because they can accommodate, you know, what you need to do. Like, you oh, get a ballroom and hold a thousand okay. people. Right. You put a hundred people in a ballroom to hold a thousand, you got more than enough space. So when are you there? April Fool's weekend. Hey, you know what? You know what, bro? That's that's actually great. Um, if you can send me the information because that's actually my wife and I's uh anniversary weekend. Oh, absolutely. Soon as that will be, soon as I might be able to do it in the email right now. Well, yeah, I got and you covered. They, and they just knocked the last Donald Trump hotel down up there, so I just want to come look at the empty space. I'm so like, mad I missed that. <laughs> I didn't know that they were doing it until um I saw a bunch of YouTube videos the other day. And they covered that like they covered their inauguration. Yo, I'm so mad. I'm like so Donald mad. Last hotel on the boardwalk comes down. I would have loved and to be there. You hear me? It wasn't. Hey, it wasn't no mask out there. It wasn't uh, no social distancing out there. You just had a bunch of people that hated Trump and said this is the last of his legacy here. We want to see it come down. They were they were out there. They were out there. I, I hope I see out. you guys out there, man. I just emailed you the information. Okay. Uh, email me back, you know, I would love to, you know, you and your, your wife come out there, we take care of you and, you know, make sure we, make sure me and you and uh, Toasty says anniversary. <laughs> well, she's a, she's a Jose Cuervo person, but we are making an exception depending on what deal you sign by that time. Tell her, tell, that her, tell her, tell her, I said she could do better. There's <laughs> nothing in that bottle. He hey. drunk everything hey. out the bottle. She's a Jose Curvo person because that's what her dad drank. And that's the first time I had tequila. The first time I met him, he put a shotgun down on the table or a pistol down on the table and two shot glasses and said, we're going to talk about you and my daughter. And I was scared after that. I ain't had no choice but to get married. It worked. It worked. Yeah, it worked. Hey, you got to do how you got to do it, bro. 20 something years later, we still together. Um, Your social media real quick, man. And then we'll let you get out of here. Let everybody know how they can follow you again. Hey, listen, people, on Twitter, I'm at It's Just Comedy. On Facebook, I'm King Talent. And on Instagram, Talent the Comedian. Just that simple, baby. What's that? King Talent. I put in 19 Facebook uh It's 10 pages. Talent. That's the newest one. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much, bro. King Talent. Hey, man, definitely, bro, appreciate you hanging out with us, man. Um, I'm going to follow up with the emails. I'm also a follow-up to see if I can get me a hoodie and all of that yes, good stuff, man. We appreciate you, bro. I got y'all, man. Salute, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Absolutely. Love you, bro. All right. Yeah. My man! Nice. Nice. Nina, what's that on the top of your head? No. Hey. The, no. The top. Oh, you got the tag. Okay. You still got the tag on it. I always do that. I'm surprised you don't know that. And nah. on my sunglasses, so people don't be taking my stuff. I know my stuff because the tag's still on it. Oh, I thought it's because you plan on taking it back after you wore it three or four times. I would never take back this. This is who I am. That you are. That you are. Um, great show. He was cool as a fan. My dude. As a fan, you're not old enough to be saying shit like cool that. As a fan. Yes, I am. Boy, he was cool as the air conditioner. <laughs> That's granddaddy language right he, there. He was cooler than Nina before the before the, the drinks. Dude, after dude. the drinks, you just become a whole different person. Who? Now I can put the now I can put the hold up. Let me put it back up there now. Uh where is it? 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 
You said after the drink. I got to get the, I think I needed to have him on and, and kind of switch things around. But again, shout out to E Digger for hooking up the templates for us. Digger. Um, this has all of the information that Happy she Happy birthday, Anissa Maureen. <sighs> what? She did a cross. Like, she she did a cross country drive. I'm over trying there. to tell you that's called a road trip. No, that's a cross country drive. That's a hike. Road trip. That's it's a lot of Pisces out there. Shouts out what? to all these Pisces. Happy birthday yeah. to you all. They're very wise and strong and so this wise. is Pisces. They know a lot. This is Pisces season that we're in. Yes. Okay. I only pay attention yeah. to Sagittarius season. So all that other stuff I don't. You know, I don't know about. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, it is what it is. I'm just being, I'm just being honest. It's just comedy. No, I'm just playing. So March the 6th, are we talking about that out loud yet? What's March the 6th? I don't know. You told me it's a Saturday and I need to be available. Oh, I believe that's the 8th. First of all, I think the you did the wrong date. Let me look at that. Um, I don't know. Let's lock that in because that's like a him. No, it is the six. You're right. It is the six. Um, let's talk to him first, DJ King Ray. Okay, and I didn't know who he was. Now I know. Yeah, DJ King Ray. Let's uh see if he still wants to. And you know, we got people that want to get all in our business since we always getting up in everybody else's business. Uh, I don't have a problem cool. with that. I hope they can handle it, but I don't mind sharing at all. I was like, bro, you sure you want to talk? No, I was like this. I was like. You sure you want to talk to Nina? And he said, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, yeah. yeah we he knows, Nina. He knows you. <laughs> I am an auntie fan there. He is on the 12th. I'm in uh, Columbia, South Carolina with the big, uh, not a big, but as big as it can be, house festival situation. Damn, you touring now? You doing tours and stuff? Not as much as I could, should. But I'm very cautious because I'm feeling like eventually... Um, travel is going to be restricted or based on the inoculations that you've had. So I'm going to move around now freely while I can. They should go using them big words, inoculations and <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. That yeah, but um, um, I'll, as a matter of fact, I know he's at work now, so I'll probably reach out to him tomorrow just to lock oh, that Ray, in. Tommy don't got no job. He actually does. He actually does. He works he with actually, a lot of people. He actually has about two or three jars right now. Yeah, he's got know. tremendous growth going over there in his corner. He's growing yeah. up really nicely. Yeah. Things are and, um, out. He actually just hit me up over the weekend um, because of a, a single that he put out with an artist that I can't name right now. But we're going to be doing this little video situation. I might make a little cameo and jump in and just, you know, say hi and wave and then get out the video because I don't do that in front of the camera type thing on those kind of situations, but definitely looking forward to, um, to him and, um, shout out to Blizzard. Nope. Indianapolis. 500. No. <laughs> 5,000. I like to play guessing games. Give some right. T-Quest. 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 Oh, T-Quest. Okay. What happened? Because she's, she's just a part of the team. Um, that that Ray and I have going on right now with some stuff oh, that we got okay, coming okay. down the pipe. So she's um yeah, shout out to her. And um tune in 
this Wednesday, you have the day off again, Nina. This Wednesday, the hip hop roundtable went kind of well last week. So people said that we need to come back and talk about some stuff again. So was it a weekly thing? Are you thinking of it that uh, way? I don't think it's going to be a weekly thing. No, nah, no. Nah. We might you do We might do this week and maybe a couple of other ones. That's kind of like the filler when we don't have other stuff going on. You know what I'm saying? And okay. those guys are so busy in their own right that I don't want to, you know, I don't want to commit to that at this point. It but you want to schedule three shows a week for me. But for the guys, they get, okay. Hey, the guy that just got off does five shows a week. What's the problem? I don't understand. That segues, because that's your word, segue. So my podcast will be returning. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's got a twist to it. It's party peep in a pod. Party, party peeps in a pod. So it's not just restricted to house. It's all things party that will okay. be happening. Um, you- even down to some visual decorating tools. Um, people I see at a party, places I have a party in. So it kind of opens up the whole party piece of the OPG. Are you ever going to invite me on? Have you never not been on the show I was on? That's a great point. That's a great point. <laughs> like not never. Like not everything I do. I, I hey, I feel like I come and get you. Yeah, you do. So look, we got the hip hop roundtable coming up on Wednesday. Nina, again, I will give you the day off, and I will pay you the same thing that I paid you for tonight. So you shouldn't have an issue. Um, and then next Thursday, I believe. No, I'm sorry. Next Wednesday, as I'm sitting here looking at it now. Um, we'll be back and we have the power couple of Mr. and Mrs. Jay-Z Mason, you know, Constance, you know, Constance Craig's Mason. He has three Uh names. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Her and her husband are going to be here next Wednesday. Um, yo, they got so much going on. This is one of those times that I got to revert back from what I'm trying to do. Because I got to show them some love. And since they're not in Baltimore, it's not really, eh, eh, eh. you know what I mean? Um, They got books. They got webinars. They got. Speaking. They, might, they, they got a lot of stuff. They got going power. On. They got yeah, a they, power couple. Yeah, That's they're, what they they're got. Definitely, they're definitely doing their thing now. And I literally just locked her in about an hour before we got on. And she sent me the picture. So I'm going to have a flyer done up for that. You um, said next so Wednesday? Next Wednesday, 8 o'clock. We're going back to 8 o'clock. We only did 7 o'clock tonight because he has something else to do. But, yeah, we'll be back at 8 o'clock next week. Okay. Now, do um, you know in two weeks we got daylight savings time, so it's going to be a little lighter, longer. We got yeah, the first day of spring coming up. Hey, what that daggone thing, the rat, uh, the groundhog, is that it? What did he see? Who knows? I don't pay attention to that stuff anymore. It snows so much it covered him up. I didn't it, even see I don't, him. I don't, I don't pay attention. I haven't paid attention to Groundhog Day since I was in school. And I've been out of school for almost 30 years. So Same yeah. thought here with me yeah. in football. Um, I got you. <laughs> hey, don't talk about football like that. Don't but, um, tell me what to talk about. How come I feel like I'm taller than you? You sit lower. Because yeah, because your hat is at the top of the screen, and I still, you know, I still got some room. I had my I had my laptop sitting a little bit higher, but I didn't like the view, so 
I brought it down to table level now. And shouts out one. to rest in peace, sending love and hugs to the family and friends of Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones. Um, one of Baltimore's Watch big out for the big girls. Watch right, club producers. Um, he passed on. And yeah. then Prince Marky D of the Fat Boys. Fat, fat, fat boys. Yeah, put it and, and it's funny because I actually thought that all three of them were gone at this point. So now, yeah, it was three of them. That was three fat boys. Oh, of the fat boys. One, yeah, okay. I thought, yeah, I thought all three of them were gone, but there's one, I want to say Cool Rock Ski is the one that's left. Okay. Because it was Buff, Prince Marky D, and Cool Rock Ski. So. Stay tuned because we might have cool rock ski. We might grant you access, and you didn't finish. You didn't close out with the finish. I did like this. You didn't see any of the symbols tonight. Like not none of them. I was yeah, trying I to might, get it for you. I might. I might see if we can lock cool rock ski in. But on March the first, we do have for now one half of. The legendary hip hop duo Nice and Smooth coming on. We have mm, the I saw that. Part. I saw it. We have the smooth part. Right. I'm gonna see if we can lock the nice and smooth in, but for at least for that night, we got the smooth part coming in. Ten four. So, ten, yeah. Not, either way, whether it's both of them or one of them, that's that's gonna be fun. So, oh, Peach, is that a is that a uh, cell phone cover? Oh, never mind. <laughs> it is a cell phone cover. Oh, it's not a skin. So I just got this that's really handy that helps you not lose your phone or misplace it. The, the day I got it, I lost my phone. Shouts <laughs> out to uh, Salt and Pepper for locating it for me and babysitting it for me overnight. Hey, yo, Appreciate you, yo, you said this helps you not lose your phone the day I got it, I lost my phone. <laughs> Uh, the, the minute they put the thing on, an hour later, I lost the dag on the phone. So, but it's all good. So now I have it's a square. I got this so I can add a locator to it. I have a in a locator that is in the phone, a locator outside of the phone, and I have four other locators, like on my keys, on my headphones, on me. Really, I should put one on me. But yeah, I'm trying to keep everything together. So I don't lose nothing. Oh, and shout out to Darling Dina. She said the groundhog saw his shadow. Thanks, Dina. Point, so what does it mean, though? When he I, sees I was about it, to say, at this point, I don't even know what it means anymore. Ask Dina. That means Dina, we got more winner or less. Dina, if you're still on, well, it's going to be 50 degrees the next two days. So all of the snow tomorrow? that we had will melt the next two days. Tomorrow is the, the next, next The next two days, Nina. That's tomorrow. And Wednesday, Thank it's gonna you. be fifty degrees outside. So, yeah, <laughs> I love you too, baby. And um, yeah. After that, who knows? I always, always say when it's time for the baseball teams to go to spring training. I know we're getting close. Is you it know, time for that? Yeah, they go tomorrow. They go this week. So I know we're getting close because they're either in Florida or Arizona. So they're going to the warm weather places already, and then we're not too far, but. We're in Maryland, so we could get a snowstorm in June at this point, the way our weather is. Right. I did make some snowballs, made them all, packed them up, and I put them in the freezer so I can pull them out when I want to play with them. 
I threw two snowballs at my wife the other day. Yeah, Pow. boys, y'all play too much. Y'all be like, see how Pow. you did it? Pow. Y'all be hurting. <laughs> y'all don't Just, play fair. No, we don't. We don't play fair. So yeah, right, so, yeah. so you have a, you have a week and a couple of days off. Myrtle Beach. No, what you what? Now you have, I just had it. It doesn't count if you don't know. Snow, it messes with your organization. So yeah, I had some days off, but I didn't know I was no, going to have them I off. said have, meaning upcoming. Because you're not back on until next Wednesday. So For real? Have, yes. So you have H-A-V-E. <laughs> a week and a couple of days off. Um, You know, if you and Joe want to go elope or, you know. How you gonna plan my days off? That's that privilege they was talking about, black no, male privilege. No, that's that hoping that I have that okay. We'll see what we can do for you. Let's see what we can do. All right. So you got anything else before I get out of here? No. Are you like I'm clicked over now? I know I'm on vacation. I'm good. See you next Wednesday. Love you like a play, cousin Shorty. All right, man. Again, thanks for everybody that tuned in with us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live. Uh, and again, continue to stay tuned, man, because I, I got some stuff that I'm working on, man. You never know. We might just have Monique on here. I do never know. So, yeah, I like Monique. Get it, Twan. Get it. Get that access. Do what you do. <laughs> That's what we do. All right, man. We out of here. We'll see you guys. Well, I'll see you guys this Wednesday at 8 o'clock for the Hip Hop Roundtable. Nina will see you at your next event. And I'll see you at your next event. I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, yeah. All right, sis. Take care, everybody. All right, we out. See ya. Peace.